Welcome, friends, around the world to another episode of the Discipleship Podcast, hosted by Brian and Melissa Chu. Our goal is for you to grow in your faith and discover your purpose in life. Well, we're so thankful to be here once again. You see, we've been traveling around the world for 20 years together. We've been to 51 countries and all over the United States. I don't say this in many places, but coming here is really like coming to be with family. So thank you so much for allowing us to come. And we're so happy to be here. And I just want to applaud the people that came to the marriage conference this week. You know, marriage takes a lot of work. Just when you say, I do, at, at your wedding doesn't mean it's over. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. That's not true just in marriage. It goes for every relationship. And so that's why we're going to recap today some of what we talked about in the marriage conference. Because not only do we aim for godly marriages, but we want healthy relationships as well. So a lot of the same principles that apply to a husband and wife apply to every other relationship in your life. So if you're not married here today, don't sit back and say this message isn't for me. It applies to you too. Being a disciple of Christ means loving God and loving others. And both of those are a constant conversation. And we will never arrive or never make it. Always room for improvement. Always room to do better. Amen. So who's ready to have some healthier relationships in their life? As I was sitting there before I came up here, the Lord gave me a scripture for your church. The Lord is saying to this church, don't get tired of doing good. For many, many years, your church has been doing well. And at the right time, you will reap a harvest. Now, church members, this is for you as well. Don't get tired of doing good. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep coming to church. Keep being a witness out there in a dark world. Keep investing into your marriage and your children because you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Because we're gonna talk about how each one of you has a purpose in life. God wants to give you a vision for yourself, for your marriage, your family, on how you can make a kingdom impact in this world. You see, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people will perish. You see, Pastor Clean is wearing glasses. Without the glasses, his vision would not be good. So many people go through life without a vision. You see, when you have a vision for your life, not only will it help you, you see, it says the people will perish. That means when you fulfill your vision, there's many people waiting for you to accomplish your vision. Because your vision is not just for you, it's for other people. Amen? Now, the Lord gave me a revelation yesterday. He said, having a vision is not enough. Many people have a vision to do great things, to start a business, to have a good marriage, but a vision is not enough. It takes hard work, it takes finances, it takes an action plan, it takes people to help accomplish the vision. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah, I love how he talked about without vision, the people perish. And I'm going to say the same thing he did, but I'm going to say it a different way. A lot of people think if I don't have a vision for my life, I'm going to waste it. And, but let's flip the switch on that and look at it a little differently. If I don't have a vision for my life, the people perish. If I don't fulfill the call of God on my life, there are others that are going to miss out on the blessing I have been assigned to give them. So having a vision is good for me. It edifies me and encourages me, but it's not all about me. It doesn't end here. We actually have a responsibility to fulfill it because without it, other people 
are not going to be able to fulfill their. We are all on assignment from God. God has planted you right where you are with very specific and unique gifts. And if you don't step into those, acknowledge and release them, other people are going to miss out. And that's on you. When you stand before the Lord, that's what you will be accountable. How well did I steward the gifts and talents that were deposited in me before I was born? We're all created for so much more than our just own happiness. Your life is meant for the good and glory of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I know this sounds so simple, but Melissa and I, we believe in a biblical marriage. We live in the United States. Our country, the United States, was founded on biblical principles. But we are rapidly moving away from the foundation of biblical kingdom principles. So according to the word of God in Genesis 2:24, it says, a man and a woman will become one flesh. Not two men and not two women. So I'm not sure about your country, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be founded and continue on biblical principles. You see, we are called, I was talking with Alexis, to impact the culture with kingdom biblical principle. Even though we live in this world, we can't let the culture of the world to impact ourselves. We can't let it impact our marriage. We can't let this world impact our children. God has called us to make a difference. You see, I have my passport, it's upstairs in the room. It says I'm a United States citizen. My mom is from the Philippines. She was a citizen of the Philippines. My dad is Chinese, but he grew up in South America. So he was a citizen of, of the country Guyana. But when I became born again and I gave my life to Jesus, I discovered something, Pastor Ted, that the Bible says I'm actually a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You see, you live in Romania. Maybe your passport says you're a Romanian citizen. Now you appreciate your culture, you appreciate the heritage, but friends, remember that you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So personally, in our marriages and our family, we must think different. The Bible says that we must set our mind Be on things above. Remember that you have the mind of Christ. Now, where did Jesus come from before he came to the earth? From the kingdom of heaven. And then when he left this earth, sent the Holy Spirit, where did he go? He went back to the kingdom of heaven. See, friends, you were born here in Romania. You appreciate your country. But you're here just for a very short time. And you must teach this to your children when they go to school or when you go to work. You must have a kingdom mindset. And you must have this in your marriage when you disciple your children. Amen. You want to add or go on to something? I always have something to add. We talked about in the marriage conference. Women have lots of words. Men, not as many words. Anyways, I just want to... Um we think about the same things, but we think about them differently. So I love Brian's perspective, but let me let you hear it from my perspective. We all agree that we belong to the kingdom of heaven. That means heaven is our ultimate destination, right? If I said, let's raise our hands, who wants to get to heaven, right? That's an easy yes. But I was reminded of the story in the Bible that talks about separating the sheeps and the goats. And I believe if Jesus had asked them the same question, they all would have said, yeah, we all want to get to heaven. But he separated them and he said, I never knew these ones. 
And they said, but wait, but wait, Lord, we did all these things in your name. We believe we should spend eternity with you in heaven. But what they did, they were going through the motions. And God looks at the conditions of our heart and the motives behind our action. You see, this hits home very closely for me. My mother passed away in 2016, and she was one of the closest people to me. We spoke every day on the phone. Next to Brian, she knew me the best. And I had the, the privilege and the honor of being there when she passed away. And I believe just as glorious it is to see a birth of a child, it's equally glorious to see someone when they pass away. And I was there the moment she took her last breath. And I was looking at her and I could hold her hand. And as sad as I was in that moment, I immediately went to the image in my mind of her sitting at the foot of Jesus and meeting her creator face to face. I was like, I want to be with Jesus and my mom forever. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And so I'm going to check my heart daily to make sure my motives are pure so that when I meet Jesus, he says, well done, your good and faithful servant. Dare I say how you live every day today is leaving a mark and an impression. It's a matter of life or death because we don't know when our day comes. So I live now with a new sense of urgency. I don't have time to waste. I've got to make sure I'm right with the Lord. And it's a daily conversation. Amen. Amen. Now in our couples uh, conference, it was called Refresh. One of my best takeaways in studying for the seminar in uh, these past three days was that communication with your spouse is so important. Communication with your children is so important. And like Melissa was saying, communication or talking with the Lord is so important. And the Lord dropped this scripture in my spirit when we were talking about communication. It says, one person will influence another person through discussion. Meaning that when two people discuss, they will impact and influence the way you think. So husbands and wives, it's so important for you on a regular basis to sit down and communicate with one another. It's important for you to sit down with your children on a regular basis and communicate. You can help influence the way they act and the way they think. So husbands and wives, as you sit down, you sit down and you talk and you set goals. You talk about dreams and visions that you have. The husband has a dream to start a business and make a lot of money. And your wife will get so happy because she has dreams and visions of buying a lot of shoes. All the women say amen. All the women tell their husbands, keep dreaming. So you must sit down on a regular basis and talk discuss, dream. And we've been doing these couple seminars all around the world, even the United States. And it's sad to say that we find out many husbands and wives do not pray together. Maybe the husband, he has his own prayer time. The wife, she has her own prayer time. But friends, that's not enough. You have to get together, hold hands, pray, even lay hands on your wife, even when her hair looks so nice. Husbands, lay hands on your wife, prophesy over her, rebuke the devil. Grab your children, prophesy over them. Amen? I know you probably have a lot to say about that. The idea of getting together each week, it goes beyond dreaming and vision casting together. It's about connecting daily throughout your week. It's about looking at your calendar and what you have scheduled that week and deciding together, are we scheduling first 
what matters most to us. Because if you decide as a couple, we want a godly marriage, we want a healthy family, and we all want to make it to heaven together, it's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to take the steps necessary to make sure that happens. So having a standing date where you discuss the details of your life, not just your calendar and your schedule, but your finances. Are we sticking to our budget? Are we saving for what we want to? It's a time to take inventory of your relationships. What couples and families are you spending time with? Who are your kids hanging out with? Is there a new relationship we need to get to know better? Is there an old relationship maybe we need to sever? Are we having fun together? Are we spending date time together, quality time? Do you see what I'm getting at? There's a lot to discuss to manage a family well. And here's why this matters. You don't take the time to be proactive and intentional with your conversations. I guarantee this is what your family will start to look like. You may become a well-oiled machine with your roles and his roles, but over time that becomes very transactional. You will lose the intimacy with your husband and your children, and you will all start to live just like roommates. God wants more for your family. I encourage you to fight for your family. Getting to heaven is not easy. Just because you say, Jesus, come into my life, that's step one. But there's a lot of steps to get there. You must add steps to your faith. You have to put your faith in action. Like Brian said, it's not enough just to have a vision. You have to be willing to do what it takes. And I'm telling you, saying to have a meeting once a week with your spouse sounds so simple. Simple does not mean easy. It's a sacrifice of your time. You're going to have to interrupt your day. It might hurt your brain a little bit. As you talk about your feelings, it might hurt your heart. You have to decide that your marriage and your family is worth fighting. Remember that heaven is your ultimate destination and you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you need to fight for your relationship. You know, my own personal testimony. When I was 13 years old, my mother died suddenly from high blood pressure. I had one brother who was addicted to drugs and committed suicide. My dad at age 57 had a sudden heart attack and died. You see, God wants to restore you personally, restore your family. Amen. I wrote this down. God desires healthy marriages and families. As we have strong, healthy, godly marriages, our families are better. Our churches are stronger and we can change cities and nations and the world for Jesus. Let me talk a little bit about what a good marriage is. Because a good marriage, it can enhance your destiny. But a bad marriage will destroy your destiny. A good marriage can be wonderful. But a bad marriage is a living nightmare. I went to the store the other day. And I said, I had to keep going back to the store because I kept forgetting things. So it was my third time to the store. And I said, man, this is such a fun place to come. And the man behind the counter started to laugh. And he said, many husbands come here 12 times a day because they want to get away from their wife. I'm going to go to the store. He tells his wife, I'm going to the store to get something. I'm going to go back later. That's a bad marriage. A husband doesn't want to come home, right? He works late. Spends time with his friend because does not want to go home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no comment. No, no, no comment. <laughs> Naomi, you want to say something? Okay. All right. The word marriage comes from a Greek word called gem or gamme. You know, like uh, you have a gem, a ring. Where's your ring? Okay. Uh, she has some diamonds. 
gem or a diamond. So that's what your marriage is like. It's like a precious diamond or it's some type of gem or jewel. And when the Bible says that the two shall become one, that word become means process. You see, when you get married at the altar, you become immediately one in spirit, but your flesh, it's a lifelong process. You see, I would not be the man of God I am today because when we first got married, there was many, many, many things that I did that would drive Melissa crazy. But through a process of time, she changed my clothes. She changed the way I drive the car. Is that the same here in, in Romania? I remember we first got married where I'm driving to church and I was getting ready to turn this way. She said, go this way. And I'm driving down the road. Watch that car. Slow down. Speed up. And we argue the whole way to church. And as I'm pulling into the church, I'm so mad. Ready to pull in the parking space. Don't park there. Park over here. Men, has that happened to you before? I was so angry. I went inside the church. And I was like, praise the Lord. But just a few minutes ago, we're mad and angry. I remember I was so mad one time. I was like, woman, I've been driving for many years. I know how to get to the store. I know how to park. You can drive. You see, men, God revealed that's... A form of pride because you know when we get in the car now we put the phone up and we set the GPS and it says turn right and we turn right it says turn left they turn left and a lot of times with the new cars they have what's called AI so we had a rental car the other day and the AI would tell you if you get too far to the left it goes beep 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 so I told Melissa I like this AI it helps me to drive I like the GPS the Siri it tells me where to go you see the Bible says that Listen, men, our wives were created to help. But we're thankful that the phone will help us drive. Thankful that the AI helps us to drive. But when our super wives try to help us drive, we get so angry. So now, when my wife says, turn left, I say, thank you so much. When she tells me, speed up, I speed up and say, thank you. When I pull into the church parking lot and I'm ready to park, I say, where would you like me to park? Because she's my helper. She's better than AI. Better than the cell phone. Amen? You want to add or say anything? It's true. Everything he said is true. And I'm so grateful for a husband that spends time with the Lord. So I can pray over challenges and situations. But the Holy Spirit can convict him. So I don't have to. I'm so thankful that the Lord convicted you of your pride. But it's a relationship. And it takes two in a relationship. I had to own my part in that. So separately in my quiet time with the Lord, I'm praying and grumbling and complaining that the Lord would do something about his driving. Uh. <laughs> and the Lord spoke very clearly to me. And he revealed a spirit of control in my heart. It's control and manipulation, which is also rooted in pride that my way is the right way. The Lord spoke so clearly to me. He said, Melissa, let the man drive. So now when I get the urge to tell him where to drive and how to drive, I just think to myself, let the man drive. I look out the window the other way and shut my mouth. Okay, so together, our car rides are much more enjoyable. But it's important here, not just with your marriage, but with every relationship. And there's tension and challenges. Instead of praying simply that the Lord would fix and change the other person, change your prayers to say, Lord, what is my part? How can I do better? It's a constant conversation. It's not natural. But I remember the end destination, and it's worth it. I'm so thankful you got that revelation. 
Right, we have a few more minutes. In that scripture, Genesis 2.24, says the man and woman will be united. So we must be united in the way we think, united in the way we discipline our children. Another translation says they will cleave to one another. That word cleave actually means to chase or run. But we actually read that incorrectly. It means after we get married, we should chase and run after one another. But men, I'll even speak for myself, we're very good at chasing after the woman before we get married. You see, for one year before we got married, I was chasing and running after Melissa. When I saw her, she's so beautiful. She's going to be a, such a godly wife someday. I would run and chase after her. I found out all the things that she likes. And one of the things that she likes the most is ice cream or gelato. So for one year, I would bring her gelato. And when we were dating, I said, let's go for gelato. I would surprise her and come with all the gelato to her house. But then we got married and we went to the store and we're shopping for the food. And I look inside the cart, not just one, but four, five, six things of gelato. So I put them back and I turn around and she put them back. I said, what are you doing? I said, I like gelato. I said, it's too expensive, not in the budget. But before we got married, there was no budget in my mind. If I wanted something, I would get it. But then after we got married, I put all the gelato back. Now, we don't want to spend too much money and get into debt. But I hope you understand the concept that after we get married, we must continue to chase after Do our wives. All the women say amen. But let me give a little instruction to the women. You have to remain chaseable. So maybe before you got married, women, you were nice, you honored the man, very sweet and polite. You look good, you took care of yourself. But now you're married, you don't look good so more. You get very grumpy and you complain. The man comes home from the store after the 12th time. Where have you been? Take care of the kids. Need more money. I got to buy more shoes. So women remain chaseable. It might be easier for your husband to continue to chase you. It's 12 o'clock. Time is up, honey. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, got to say she's, the prayer. She's giving you the hand. <laughs> you I thought need, it was up. I need to set the record straight. It was not six things of gelato. Maybe two or three. <laughs> We're not six. <laughs> but six sounds better, yeah. <laughs> and, and I want to just elaborate very briefly on the idea of women remaining chaseable. Men were created and by nature are very visual creatures. They are visual and they are physical. That is by design. It is not a fault or a flaw. So while, like Brian said, we want to do our best to look good for our husband. I want to say it goes much, much deeper than that because you need to feel good. You need to take care of your temple. So not only you can be the best wife to your husband, but it's actually so you can fulfill the call of God on your life. You cannot do it if you are exhausted in pain or hurting. It's simply not possible to fulfill your destiny if you are not feeling well. So women and men, take care of your bodies. Feed them with things that will fuel your body. Drink the water. Get all your sleep. Because if you don't have vision and fulfill the vision on your life, others will perish. Do you get the theme here? It's not about you, friend. Taking care of your body, spending time with your husband, those things will make you look better and feel better, which is a great reward and benefit. But at the end of the day, it's all about taking steps to make sure you spend eternity with Christ. It was a long journey to get here. Hours and hours on the plane, 
No sleep. We were exhausted. And when we get here, put a microphone in my hand and they say, minister to our people. I cannot do that if I don't feel well. The preparation for this trip started last year. We take care of our bodies and we exercise. We get good sleep, eat our fruits and vegetables. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If we are out of shape, exhausted and depleted, sick and hurting, we cannot do this. And you miss out. The word of the Lord has for you today. Și ce cuvântul lui Dumnezeu a vrut să ne zică astăzi? So take care of yourself. Ai grijă de tine. Amen. Amen. Thank you friends for listening to the Discipleship Podcast. Until next time, keep growing in your faith and fulfill your purpose on the earth.